Hey there, welcome to A Woman's Sacred Truth, a podcast where we are going to explore some uncomfortable and often even painful experiences, but also the joy and satisfaction that comes from moving beyond what has hurt us as we reach new levels in our life, which feels like, honestly, the best thing ever. Welcome. Hello there. So today I got the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer and you are going to hear about her triumphant journey of being in the most painful areas, the most painful realms of rejection and just how she continued to hurt herself in many ways through the depths of addiction and suicide attempts, her ability to love and laugh and be the true light working empath that she is. It's just intoxicating to be around her now. She's so beautiful, so filled with love. But for you to understand now what she came through and why these deep, deep wounds of like I said, of feeling unloved, which is being rejected right into the heart and how deeply that cuts. And then, of course, how we behave when we feel this is all we're worthy of. So welcome to Jennifer's Sacred Truth. Enjoy. Hi, Jennifer. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to have the most incredible sharing here today, and I'm really excited about listening again because we haven't talked about some of these things because I've known you for about three years I think and we haven't talked about some of these things in a long time and so this is going to be we're going to revisit what you've been through Jennifer and where you are now because it is seriously remarkable triumphant amazing and I can't wait um, for you to be able to share here with our listeners. So let's just start with um, some basics. If you would like to um, just share a little snapshot (laughs) of who or where or what, yeah, where in the world you are, who you are, a couple of details. My name is Jennifer, as Mian said. Hello. I am 43 years old. I live in the Midwest. I've been married to my first and only husband for about five years now. Aw. I do have, yeah. I have a uh, 19-year-old daughter who's off at another state at college. Lovely. So we're empty nesters. (laughs) Well done, Mom. Yeah. Yes. Daughter is flying. Mm -hmm. She's flying high. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Can you even believe, right? (laughs) Like No. Yeah, with my story and the life that she lived the first 15 years of her life, I'm amazed that she's doing what she's doing now. Well, and it really goes to show just how in the last handful of years, what you have been able to accomplish, and this is what I want to get to, and it's now being represented in just how well your, your daughter is also doing as well knowing from what you, you know, your beginnings and then even your beginnings as a mom. And, and like, this is why I'm, I'm just so thrilled to be able to talk with you and, and bring your story out here. So let's, let's go back. (laughs) 
let's go back 40 years in time. Okay. And, uh, and there you are. And I have to say, you know, you really are the epitome of the black sheep, right? You've got a couple of siblings yes. growing up with mom and dad <laughs> in the Midwest. Yep. And, uh, and you truly were the black sheep. Like, let's make no mistake. And they didn't know what to do with you. No. And, but I have to say this for anyone listening. If, if you resonate with that term, like, oh, my God, I was the black sheep of the family. What it really then means is you are the light worker. You are the game changer. That's why you're there to really make some big shifts and to do some big healing work in your family of origin, right? Uh, but your parents just, yeah, they really, well, you all were struggling. So let's go back because I, what I want to start with is what, you know, dear old dad and, and your lovely mom, just some of the things that, that you went through as a child that really hurt, right? It really made it hard for you to be you. Yes. And bring that beautiful heart of yours online. So yeah, do you want to give a little glimpse into childhood and what that was like? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up middle class, blue collar. Dad was a carpenter. Mom uh, was a server for a bit and then got into the insurance business. But just as I mean, I lived. We were the the '80s children, always running around. Didn't have to be home until the you know the lights, the street lights came on. Yep. But I always, I just remember a lot of yelling. I was always getting yelled at. I was getting yelled at for my feelings. I was getting yelled at because I was too loud or because I was talking too much. I was just too much for my parents, and they would let me know that. Right. And I am now like becoming sober, I've, I realized that I am an empath. I am a sensitive person. Yep. I've got ADHD. I've got, yeah, like all of it. And now none of it was ever addressed. So because I don't think anybody knew back then all of that stuff, but it was just, it was just constant yelling, constant yelling. And in a father that was emotionalist when I needed someone with emotion at that time. Yeah. So you grew up in a home and I want to say too, like your parents are still together. Correct. Yeah. Like <laughs> they love each other. So you grew up in this like solid looking home. Parents are still together to this day. Yeah. Right. Yep. And there you are. And yet the environment that you grew up in was, let's say dysfunctional. I don't really like the word toxic, but you know, it is right. It is. If there's a lot of yelling and there's anger and you're scared and having a hard time feeling any sort of you know, nurturing or love, there's just a lot of fear and yelling. It's pretty toxic for a little sensitive soul like you, right? Yes. So yep. I remember you telling me, um, I'll never forget about how you talked about how your dad had a look. <laughs> your oh. dad had the look of fear and he put, and it put the fear in you, right? But he didn't just have the look. Yes. He followed through. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the fear was yeah. real. My dad, yeah. If he didn't like what you were doing, he would let you know. And it's not the, like, I think I would have been better if he would have yelled and said things, but no, it was just the silence. And that, just that look, it was just a look of just like disgust of like, oh, how could you? And I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's heartbreaking for, yeah. for a little girl, especially from her father. Like that's very heartbreaking because you, you know, again, you have this like sensitive heart yes. of yours. And then, but then also, you know, dad didn't just have the look, you know, he did have a temper and did have outbursts, right? Like violent outbursts sometimes. 
Yep. Throwing things. Um, he, yeah, threw a chair through a wall one time, I remember. It was a Mickey Mouse chair when we were kids, and I still to this day don't remember why it was that happened. And then there was another time with a microwave. Yeah, he never spanked us, but the mom, our, our mom spanked us. And that was, you know, I mean, he would threaten, and that was enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was a threatening. And it was just like, what? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. And so the look, the yeah. threats, but then also he would have these outbursts, right, where he would throw stuff or whatever, right? Yes. So that's really yeah. fucking scary. That's really fucking scary, mm-hmm. right? So not feeling the love there. And then mom. Mom was the yeller, the spanker. And I remember how you said through all the ways that she, let's say, kind of mistreated you or mishandled you in a way, right? With all of that kind of frustration and outbursts and yelling, hitting. Yes. It made you feel very unloved. Yes. She was always a quick, quick to yell, quick to hit, to swat, to grab in the back of the arm, <laughs> to yeah. pinch on the back of the arm. And I know some of you people know that, that, oh my gosh, that's the worst thing ever. Yeah. But yeah, just like yelling. It was always yelling. I don't remember like, and I try to this day, try to remember any like loving moments with my mother, but it was like, she was always on like high octane. Like it always had to be like, okay, no, people are coming to the house. The house has to be clean. It has to be like this, or the holidays are coming up and they have to be like this mm. and this. And it's just like, I don't remember a lot of love in that. I remember a lot of anger. And control, Right. Yelling, pinching, smacking, spanking. It's all just, you know, coming from a place of fear from her, trying to control. And, you know, obviously, you know, now that we can look back in hindsight and we know who she is now today, you know, she doesn't love herself. No. And then I get it. She didn't have the greatest childhood either. Yeah. Her parents were farmers and they drank as well. So they, you know, they took it out on her and she was the oldest child of like seven. Mm. She never had the chance. And I get it. But it's like, when is it? When do you stop acting like your parents and start acting like yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. the two of them had a parenting style that was abusive. It was painful. It was hard. It was harsh. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes for a a scary, fearful little upbringing for, again, for the sensitive (laughs) little soul that you were, right? A a lot of pain there, a lot of pain for you and not much love and nurturing, right? And safety created for you. So knowing just kind of in a little nutshell there, like just so everyone listening can get a, get an idea of like, oh, okay, so this is how I grew up. (laughs) And then what happens when you hit those very early teens or even sometimes even at, at 12? When did when did you start, let's say, experimenting with when did I start- drugs, alcohol, this, that? When did you start then hurting yourself is really what, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you were in so much pain from this kind of a, an upbringing. Yeah. How old were you when you started hurting yourself and what did that look like? There was an attempt of suicide at the age of 15, and that's when I and then I started drinking and um, doing drugs as well. Was 15 was that was the age, mm-hmm. and then from 15 to like 40, it was nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> 
15 to 40. Let's just skip a few decades here. 15 to 40. Yeah. Non stop. So, yeah. So just let me back up a little bit here because at 15, (laughs) that was the first time you attempted suicide. So as, as we know, you know, if that's, if something's building before that, right. So do you kind of remember like 12, 11, yes. 10, 12, 13, how were you feeling in those years or what, what, what were you starting to do or feel or think then? Um, I was still, I, I still felt like out of place at school, at home, just, I didn't know where I kind of stood because I, I mean, at school, I, there was like the, the mean girls, as you would say, or the popular girls. And I was a part of that group. But then one day, one of the girls was like, you talk too loud. And that just kind of stuck. And then it just kind of, I had, uh, I had a bully and then I was a bully and it just like cycled from there. And it just, yeah, I think I was just spinning. I was just trying to figure out where I stood in life and I didn't have a spot. Right. And knowing now what your, your core wound is, you were feeling such rejection from all of this, right? not fitting in. Yes. Uh, I I love thank you for sharing. Oh my goodness. Like this is not easy stuff to talk about or think about let alone share and to even the like to say like I was bullied and then I was the bully. Yeah. You've been through such painful like physically emotionally hard stuff here that and and feeling so rejected. In other words, unloved. And yeah, where do I fit in here? And we fucking spiral <laughs> from yep. 15 to 40. But like I said, it started before that when the when it really started to like hit and sink in, right? Yes. Bring me into just a couple of years before 15, but like when this is, because that's when everything really got very messy, but it's the couple of years leading up to that, right? Where you can start yeah. to see all the signs, right? Yes. Bullying, being bullied, you know, are, were you already like dabbling in drugs and alcohol or no it was it was yeah it was at 15 because I remember that because I mean I've been through so many rehabs and therapies that they are just like when did you start okay (laughs) okay yeah so 15 was when it was the day it was like the year of trying like everything everything fell apart (laughs) yeah (laughs) everything fell apart wow (laughs) and I remember you had like a string of it seemed to be that the 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 suicide attempts were related to boyfriends. Was that kind of how it was? That's what really like triggered it. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about? Yeah, I, I thought I was in love. I mean, you know how you are when you're young and you, you have that young love and you give your all and you give your heart and you're open and all your barriers are down and every single one except. I want to say one relationship, they have cheated on me. And so then time after time, I'm thinking it's me kind of thing. Like, well, if they're all doing it, like, then it's got to be me. So the first guy cheated and then the second guy and it's just, yeah. So rejection (laughs) after rejection. So you're, you were, let's say, and I know back then and I can say like as a teenager, we're desperate for like that, that love. (laughs) That love connection, yes. right? Because you weren't <laughs> yes. getting any of that love connection, that deep, you know, acceptance no. and nurturing and love and safety at home. So you go searching for it in another human 
totally normal. Yes. And as a teenager, here you are having these string of boyfriends and being rejected by them, right? Because you actually already had the belief that you didn't deserve to be loved because that's what you had been taught at home. Yes. Through yep. all of those things that you went through. So yeah, you're, you're desperate for it because it is a need it is. Um, to have that, <laughs> that loving connection. And, and so you think you've got it with a boyfriend finally. Yeah. Probably almost for like the first time in your life. You think it's there. This is it finally, because you're not getting it from your parents and then they reject you and it, it feels like death and you actually want to kill yourself, like literally. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just the worst feeling ever. And then I just, I kept doing it to myself. Yeah. I kept, and it's, yeah. <laughs> how many, how many suicide attempts did you actually have? Three. All in those like teenage years or did it go into your twenties a bit? Um, yeah, there's one that went in my twenties and there was actually one that went in my thirties. Okay. And was it all, yeah. I'm going to guess it was all from when you were feeling deeply rejected, unloved, and you just wanted to die. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. When you thought you actually had someone there who was going to finally give you that love and connection and they didn't, and you felt like you had no more choice. Well, I just need to say, I am so glad that none of that quite unfolded how you were <laughs> trying in the moment because this world would not be the same without you. Because here's the thing with you, you, um, you have the most loving heart and you have this like sensitive soul. And so when you grow up in a home where you're never getting the love, like truly they are withholding it. They're being abusive in all sorts of different ways. And it, it's your deepest need. And again, to highlight, this is your core wound, right? This, this wounding of rejection, rejection over and over and over again. And it's through the heart where we feel that, right? And all we want is to be loved and accepted. Um, and so, yeah, it set you on a path from 15 to 40. Holy moly. Yeah. So hurt. Um, so through those years, uh, do you want to just kind of give us a little picture of what those couple of decades were like as you were spiraling in pain without feeling um, any love but looking for it outside of yourself right yes so lots of alcohol oh yeah and and everything about alcohol guys drugs yeah <laughs> the works <laughs> looking for some yes, sort of yes. some sort of external um yeah through through guys and then yeah please numb this pain that i'm feeling um, this emptiness with drugs and alcohol. I mean, for I know this might seem so obvious, right? Like, but this is just the classic um, pattern and path that people who become addicted to these substances, right? It's just this desperate, literally desperate attempt to connect with love. Yes. There's just so much pain there because they have never been given love. And so we go searching for it outside of ourselves. So what happened around 40 then? What, what, what started changing? What, what was kind of the, 
What ended the cycle for you? What finally? Basically, I have got, I have, I had gotten more than enough DUIs than I would have liked. Um, <laughs> another thing too, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I had, had a couple troubles with the law. Um, yeah. Yeah. At forty, I was basically told if I don't stop drinking now, I will be dead within a year. Basically. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a choice of do I want to live and put my daughter who doesn't basically who doesn't have anyone besides me um that's a whole nother story story mm-hmm. but uh and my husband and I didn't want to put them through that and I didn't want to leave my daughter with the people that basically did this to me <laughs> or not I shouldn't say they didn't do it to me it was a start and then the rest was me and whatever. Um, but yeah, I just had made the decision that I wanted to live. <laughs> right. So you are seriously suffering, right? So there's PTSD from all the things that you um, went through, right? That kind of trauma. Um, you've been hurting yes. yourself many times, trying really hard to end it and hurt yourself because you've got this belief that you don't deserve to be loved. Right. So you just keep rejecting yourself and and then trying to grasp at love from, you know, a lot of the wrong places. Right. Right. And it sounds like, well, it feels like there's, you know, a bit of a rock bottom, right? Multiple DUIs, you know, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting the people around you and you finally come up against the wall. Right. Or the bottom. Yeah. I hit bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And you made a decision because you do have such amazing love in your own heart that it was through your own child, I think, that kind of gave you the the final, the, I don't know, the green light to like, yeah, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make the changes necessary because yes. I can't hurt my heart because I know how much I've been hurting and I don't want to hurt her. Right. Because yeah. I love her. No. Right. So it was, it was that little thread of love that was there. And that is when we actually met. When we first talked, spoke, I don't know if you remember this, you were 33 (laughs) days alcohol free. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, and you started sharing and I was like, oh my God, she is in the most perfect position ever. You've had, you've got a month alcohol free and you are motivated beyond belief. And then to start to hear, you know, all the things that you had been doing to hurt yourself. And it was like, wow, this woman's really been hurt because it's like, we only hurt ourselves or allow other people to hurt us to the extent that we've been hurt. Right. So you've got this like set point, this comfort zone of like, this is what love looks like. This is what love feels like. This is how much I value myself. And you had been rejecting your own love for so long and rejecting, you know, goodness and well-being and all of this. But it was somehow it was certain things were still coming to you, like goodness and good fortune, let's say, was was still coming to you. And like, I swear it's because you have so much love in your heart, right? So it was kind of like, just bringing you back into... I still had hope. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Like I didn't want to give up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like bringing you bringing you back into like an alignment with the deeper yes. 
truth that even though you had been so hurt by some of the things that had happened to you, especially in those, you know, early childhood, right? My goodness. I mean, there's, there's that story about your mom. I swear to God that, you know, when you were already starting to go through some really hard times, right? Like suicide and things like that. And I remember you told me that story where I think you were like in the shower and, and you were, you were so like hurting and messed up and da da da. And like, all you needed was some love and care and nurturing from your own mom. And even in that moment of like total pain for you, she rejected. Do you know the, the story I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. And she rejected you again in that moment when she, when you needed her the most. Yeah. She's yelling at me. It's taking pictures of me, telling me how stupid I am. And yeah, it was, it was a fun moment. That moment there, like I said, where you were struggling, hurting, like, and she now knew that, like what a hard time you were having and how you were hurting yourself. And, and even in that moment where you needed her love and support more than ever, like nurturing. And she did the opposite. So that was a real moment where I feel like it, like it had almost like, it seemed like it had permanently set you on a course, right? And that's why basically from 15 to 40, it was all pain and suffering because you then had formed a belief. I don't even deserve love and care when I'm at my worst. Yeah. Right. Oh. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna cry. I know. <laughs> and yet, in through having your own child, like I said, it sparked something deeper in you. You had that connection to love on a level that you had never felt before. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. You don't even need to yeah. tell me yes. that. I just know that. No. And so there's yes. the hope, there's the feeling, there's the knowing, oh, even though I've gone through all that really hard stuff and all that rejection, I can still make my way back to love. And so, yeah, you're, you're up against the wall there with all the things going on in your life. And you just dug so fucking deep. And this is like where the, the triumph starts yes. to come into your life. So we meet, you're uh, like 33 days alcohol free. And it was like, wow, let's start peeling this all back, right? Seeing through the pain and get to the higher truth, the deeper truth, where all the love is, right? So even though, even still to this day, literally to this day, you're still not getting the kind of, let's say, level of love and care from your parents. They just still do not have the capacity and that's okay, but you can source it all in other places from, from yourself and through many other places. So let's talk about the last three years now of your life and how you have created just something really beautiful. So Tell me, share, share how, how it's really been now in these last few years. Well, the last three years, and I know everybody's got the, the sober story of like the happiness. And then there is, there's some down days, but the down days are easier to deal with now with a clear mind and just the structure of learning about yourself and wanting to learn about yourself. Because the more you learn about yourself, the more you love yourself, mm. and the more you understand like I'm okay now with who I am 
and I understand who I am. And yeah, it's, 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 it's this different feeling. Like it's, it's still fairly new to me. It's only three years. Yeah. And three years for me is like, because I have been trying to get sober for many, many, many years. And this time around, I feel it's a different feeling and I, it's sticking and it's, it does take work daily. Like I do have to do my daily things. And what are some of those daily things? How have you decided to love yourself to the best that you can? What does that look like? Yeah, I'm an all or nothing person. Yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> with the drinking, I would drink, drink, drink. So now with the sober, I, I work out daily for two hours in the morning. Wow. I do my meditations. I journal. I do a lot of reading which I've kind of fallen back on, but I got to Like I have like five books open right now, which I love doing. Yep. I love learning like about all of that. And I just love learning in general. I went back to school to finish my bachelor's in uh, visual communications. So you're super creative and artistic. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yeah. I got, I, I have a daughter that, respects me and and we talk daily before she went to college we would have our nightly talks for like an hour and she would tell me about her day and just like a mother and daughter should talk with each other and have that love for each other you've got this beautiful bridge between your heart and her heart yes. it's a bridge right and you maintain that bridge so beautifully now so the love is just constantly flowing and you've prioritize that oh, yes. in such a healthy, healthy way. Yeah, it's really beautiful. But I love hearing all those other things that you're just like, that's what you do instead now. And that's truly yes. loving your body, caring for your body, caring for your mind, caring for your heart, caring for your spirit in all of those ways that you just described. Like there's only like four or five of those things, but those all open you up to more love, more self-respect, right? In the way that you care for yourself, love for yourself. And that's what keeps yes. you now so connected in this beautiful, healthy space of loving yourself. It's beautiful and it's cliche and it's perfect. And it's like, yes, yes, yes. Because after decades of being hurt and then hurting yourself and being rejected and then rejecting yourself, now it's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to love myself and accept myself and learn more about myself and care more about myself. And I just give it all to myself, do it all for myself. And then what's happened is your relationships, whether it's with your husband, your daughter, whomever, anyone that you come into contact now, I swear to God, is so touched by you. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're just oozing love all the time now. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to wait, right? We don't have to wait for something outside of ourselves to like come to us and give it to us. We just make the decision. And, yes. and that's really what happened. I mean, yes, the universe kind of was forcing you into a corner for sure. Mm -hmm. It was getting worse and worse and worse with the yeah. law. <laughs> yeah. And my liver. And your liver, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but it just shows again. This is the the beauty of being so sensitive. Actually, is we're also yes, we're sensitive to the let's say negative things that hurt, that feel painful, um, but we're also really sensitive to the the goodness, things that are light and loving and feel good. And so we can always just make the decision. It's free will, baby. Like choose what you want to align with and just align with it and go all in. So you went all in one way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now you're going all in. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it 110%. <laughs> yeah. And now you're just going all in with it the other way. And yeah. And this way that you're now choosing from 40 and beyond, the world just keeps opening up and things tend to just get better and better and better. The other way, life just gets smaller and smaller and kind of goes downward, right? So we want to be moving yeah. upward and opening up to greater and more rather than the other. It's just phenomenal, the 180 that you've done. I cannot like stress that enough. It's just, wow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Was there like a real moment moment when when it turned or had it just been kind of like building for months and then it was just like, do you remember kind of making like a concrete decision or having a moment or was it a little bit more of a, a general slow turn? I think a little bit of both because it was during the, the peak of COVID in here mm. and we had, uh, we own a bar, so we kept our kitchen open to cook for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I own a bar, people. Um, mm. <laughs> and uh, they, <laughs> uh, so we were cooking, and I and I had been <laughs> and I had been drinking a lot at that time. And my husband's fortieth birthday was coming up in August, and I had heard my doctor told me that my liver was basically failing, and I made the decision that I wanted to be sober for my husband's birthday for his 40th and then for my 40th. And then it just kept going from there. It was just, yeah, it was just like, I just didn't want to live like that anymore. It was just, it was depressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like this. Depressing. Yeah. 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 You got sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is where, you know, when the law is stepping in with taking away certain rights because you've lost your privileges and things like that, it does get more painful yes. to continue. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. People, she also owns a bar. Uh huh. This was such like the way you took authority <laughs> over your situation, no matter what, who, when, where, it was like, I'm just doing this. Like you just yeah. dug so deep to, like I said, to turn this corner. It takes the kind of inner strength that, um, well, as we know, a lot of people don't ever find. Yeah. And this is where that deep sensitivity comes in handy, actually, in the fact that there's such a vulnerability and a softness in your heart, right, to feel into these things. And you're not pretending to be stronger or like, I got this or I'm fine mm -hmm. or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, I'm actually going to surrender into these more vulnerable, weak places, right? And admit yes, how I've been going. It really needs to shift. And then, like I said, you just, you truly are a light worker. Like you are so strong and so determined, yeah, to go all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you just shifted paths. 
And I and I think it, and a lot of it too. I just didn't want my daughter to go through the feelings that I went through. Yeah, was and I could see that happening, and I just didn't want her to go through that. It's the <laughs> ultimate motivation is to see someone you love, and to think that you're going to now break their hearts. Yes, because you know the pain better than anybody, mm. and you don't want her to yes. have that pain, and it lights a fire like never before. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? I just love this. It's it's making me feel good. I I'm glad that we're doing this. I was a little nervous at first, yeah. but you should be so proud, like beyond proud. Like if they were handing out trophies, you get one <laughs> for turning the corner on what you had been through and all those struggles and pain and rejection, and yet. Like it's the ultimate story of hope and that anyone can do this. Anyone can turn the corner when they decide to choose to align themselves with love. Yep. I don't care how cliche that sounds. It is the truth. It's the absolute truth. If you align yourself with your own love and with the love of another, it can be a child, it can be a partner, it can be God. I don't care but align with it and never let it go. No. And accept it all into your deepest heart and let that fill you in a way that you've never had it filled before. It's the greatest gift to yourself and to the world. So yeah, well done you. <laughs> it, like I said, your, your life is just an absolute picture of triumph. It really is. And now moving forward, I feel like something that still keeps coming up in your world is is holding yourself to this, right? So yeah, that means strong boundaries around people who aren't loving you to the way that you deserve to be loved, right? Aren't yes. accepting you in the way that you deserve to be accepted and treated. So you've been really good with that. And this is where going to the gym. Yes. I love so much that you you hit that gym. <laughs> And the outer strength now is giving you more inner strength. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 My self-confidence is getting boosted and just being able to take like the positive risks in life, just to be able to go into the unknown too and be uncomfortable and be okay with it because you have, the best way I can say is you always have like your home base is like with your meditation and your journaling and your reading, you always have that. That's yours. Yeah. Nobody can take that stuff from you. Yeah. So just learning any of that. And-, <laughs> and and someone who really goes deep, like I said, into hurting themselves with drugs, alcohol, suicide, you know, all that kind of stuff. The gym is um, like literally lifting weights. It's incredible medicine because it makes you feel stronger. And when you feel strong physically, yep. you get this inner strength to make good decisions for yourself and hold yourself to a whole nother level. And so uh, amazing. And and then of course you've done all the emotional healing too, right? To be able to see through these limiting beliefs and painful experiences and and go to a deeper place, a deeper truth emotionally. So you're just you're fucking incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're incredible. Okay, so I'm going to ask you now the three beautiful questions. You ready? Yes. So, Miss Jennifer, please share with us 
When or where do you experience the greatest sense of freedom? The greatest sense of freedom is, I would have to say, I think it was like, I don't know, six months of being sober where I would wake up in the morning and the sun's coming through the windows and and the birds are chirping and I'm not dry heaving. I'm not running to the bathroom trying to, to grasp for air because I need that drink and I'm not shaking. And I have my loving husband laying next to me and everything's okay. Like I don't have anxiety. I don't have a depression. I can wake up and just go with my day and be proud of who I am now and not be embarrassed and hide and be ashamed. Yeah. Is that that's was is probably my best. I love that. Not having to wake up to have a drink. <laughs> wow. And if I yeah. may paraphrase all of that into a word, you found peace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you found peace in your mind, peace in your body. And you you tasted something there. And yeah, that yes. feels like freedom. When we have yep. that kind of inner peace in our mind and body and environment, that's freedom. <sighs> mm-hmm. Okay. How or with whom do you feel the fullest sense of love? Okay. This one, it's, it's, it's a given. It's, it's myself again. <laughs> but the added... I'm never, I have never been able to fully say that and believe that. So now I'm just like, yeah, I love myself. Holy shit. to you. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You, oh, Jennifer. I am so just like bursting with pride for you in this minute, this moment. What, that is like monumental for you to say that like that. Yeah. I know. I was debating. I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> oh. oh, God, you have totally made my day. Yeah, but I want to add the, the added bonus is is my daughter and my husband, because I want to say those two yeah. have truly loved me oh. unconditionally and have never given up on me. And that's the greatest thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I love you, man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you went, you know, you started with like zero in your life. It feels like, you know. Yeah. And for so long, zero. You know, the love meter was on zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I wish I could hug you. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> do we even need to do the third question or the third question? <laughs> Shit. Uh, the love bursting. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> reset, reset. In the infinity of life where you are, holy Jesus, in the infinity of life where you are, <sighs> What do you know for sure, Jennifer? What is your sacred truth? 
is being able to feel my feelings for once and be okay mm. with having feelings. Being okay to, to cry and not getting yelled at. <laughs> being okay to be like like angry for a minute and just just having someone there saying it's okay. It, like it's okay to have your feelings. It's okay to be me. Yeah, that's yes. There you go. Like it's okay. <laughs> that is your sacred truth. It's okay yes. to be me in all of yep. my messy, glorious, love-filled, whatever. Wow. It's okay to be me, no matter where I'm at. Yep. Oof. Yeah, we needed that. <laughs> That's profound, woman. That is profound. Thank you. <sighs> You've helped. So give yourself a, a hug, too. <laughs> I wipe away the tears. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. I love you, Jennifer. Thank you. I love you, woman. Ah, oh, Jennifer. Mm, so much love there. There is just so much love flowing through that human now. It's just a beautiful thing. And I have to say, you know, you may notice now, if you've been following along with these last few episodes, is that I tend to giggle a lot. Jennifer and I, in particular, we tend to laugh a lot, and it's such a healthy thing, okay? So remember that we need to move the energy that is going through us, flowing through us. So crying or laughter, both will do the trick, and so it's needed. So it may come across sometimes as a little bit odd if we're laughing or giggling or whatever. It's how we move the energy. So crying or laughter, it's all good and needed. And I'm curious if there's anything in particular around this wound of rejection that Jennifer has shared with us and how that has landed for you. If you have any questions around any of this, please drop it in the comments. And don't forget to follow the podcast and share it if you know someone that, like Jennifer, has really, you know, gone to the depths of rejection and rejecting themselves through addiction, through suicide, through any means that they find, because there is light. <laughs> there is light at the end of that tunnel and anyone can climb that mountain and reconnect with a deeper source of love and strength and, you know, become triumphant and create something just so much more beautiful in their life. So. Thank you for being here. I love you all so much. <laughs>